What's up, everybody? I'm Craig, and this is Trucking.fm podcast, sponsored by Truckstop.com. Truckstop.com is also the sponsor of our group, Freight Brokers and Truck Drivers on Facebook, so I definitely want to give them a huge shout out for being a great ally in the trucking industry. Now, before we get started, I want to start by saying some of my podcasts actually started out as a Facebook Live video, so at times, You may hear me say things like drop your comments below if you're watching or every once in a while notice the audio slightly cuts off due to the video to audio conversion. Nonetheless, the information is still just as valuable. I only wanted to give you a quick heads up to avoid any possible confusions with my listeners. Now, enough with all that. Let's get started. What is up, everybody? It is Craig. It's Monday, but of course, today is Veterans Day. And so I think uh, it's good to start off with a happy Veterans Day to all our veteran professionals out there, not just our veterans, of course, in the trucking logistics industry, uh, but of course, all our veterans uh, that are currently out there. And now this is Make More Money Monday, sponsored by truckstop.com. We are here to talk everything freight. You know, I love talking freight, as you have probably seen me uh, ranting in front of the camera from some time now, for some time now. Just before I actually clicked on here, that's the reason why I was kind of stuttering. I was just reading. Uh, I have these little news things that pop up on, on my uh, computer screen. That's down here. But it showed that um, over a thousand flights were canceled today or just canceled, what have you, in the Chicago O'Hare, Chicagoland region. That's absolutely insane. Not because it's winter and it's snowing, but it's because I'm in a t-shirt. <laughs> Last year, I was, I guess a little bit over a year ago now, I was experiencing that nonsense blackout or whiteout snow, um, but not no more. So if you're a driver and you're in that area, you know, of course driving, definitely stay safe out there. It looks just crazy. I don't know how bad the Northeast, I haven't really seen much about the weather, other than from that weather thing that popped up, showing that Chicago's being slammed. Everywhere that I am not is being slammed with snow. It's, um, I think it's like 65 here. But nonetheless, I just wanted to kind of say that. So if you're out there, uh, stay warm, I suppose. It's warm where I'm at. It's actually really warm in this office here. Um, they regulate it. So when it turns five o'clock my time, that's Arizona time, the AC goes off, the heat starts going up. But anyways, uh, I actually heard a quote I want to start off with today. You know, last time I started off with something I'm grateful for. Today, I want to start off with a quote. And that quote says, I'm going to pull it up uh, just on mine. It says, uh, look at where the industry is going, not where it's at. Okay. I actually read that quote. It's um, I believe it was from Robin Hood. Robin Hood is um, like stock market, you know, whatever people, news, people, publications, who talk about stocks. I believe they're also a broker as well. Um, I don't use them for that. However, um, they mentioned that for the stock industry, because as we know, you know, the economy is not the hottest has been. Of course, a lot of it is great, but it's not the hottest has been. But they mentioned, look at where the industry is going and not where it's at. And I wanted to mention that first, because like all things, we can use what happens um, in other industries you know, to our advantage in this industry. And I want to say that because, you know, I'm the first to admit at times I do get emotional or have emotional responses, especially when I was brokering day to day 
or you know acting as a dispatcher at a carrier i would get emotional and it's mainly because of what i'm dealing with now because if my day to day was good or if um you know the job was easy if the drivers were doing what they're supposed to brokers were giving me all the freight i needed everything will be golden okay but is it times that are not still does not warrant um uh, me to be discouraged so in that case that's where it says look at to where um the industry is going there and now i just think that's a great helpful reminder and you know i think i need to use that <laughs> not just for myself i'm always here to preach being i'm always the one who's very optimistic and so i just um you know i just think about that quote and now with that quote i kind of want to dig in deeper about shared brokerage tools and carrier tools and now without even reading news you know articles or publications about what is going on um in the transportation industry here um you know i can get a lot of you know a lot of my information from the you know from the facebook trucking groups in particular uh, i'm going to be a little biased here my group freight brokers and truck drivers on facebook you know um it's very easy to determine how the market is swinging because you can just look at the post uh from one side or the other to know and so i have a question to ask and my question is how many trucking companies use resources to look at the market conditions when you're calling these load board brokers and now for this example i'm calling them load board brokers um and in a sense we can kind of say that uh the carriers are load book load board carriers so i'm not saying in a negative term i'm just saying when you're calling these load board brokers and now the reason why i ask is cuz a lot of the posts in the groups especially mine freight brokers and truck drivers a lot of dispatchers a lot of drivers are all saying about the same thing okay they're mainly saying the broker is claiming the market rate is this or the market rate is that and that's why i'm asking how many of y'all actually use tools or even resources to look at the market before you call on these you know load board brokers and now that being said i understand 15 20 years ago or so i don't see market rates uh being as big of an issue than you know that I do right now. I mean, therefore you can't operate your business as you did 20 years ago. I talked to driver, a driver, I shouldn't say drivers, a driver. This dude, I've been talking to him probably about 4 or 5 years. I can't get in, into his head, he can't get into mine, but I think that's the beauty of the network relationship him and I have together because he always when I say something he he always rebuttals with, "Well, 15 years ago I wasn't doing this." Eh, 15 years ago I was wearing diapers practically. So I definitely understand but i just always say you know 15 20 years ago different operation things were a lot easier in some ways um rates were totally different um i know a lot less volume but again it was totally different and a lot of ways better um if you think about it but the reason why i preach tools and resources so much is because you know you can't build a house or a carpenter contractor um can't remodel or build a house without the proper tools it's the same exact thing with drivers you cannot talk to these brokers without arming yourself with the uh the proper resources to con- confidently negotiate um especially in this economy and now this is why the real time data or the you know the live data feeds is important is because the market flips virtually overnight and now i know you guys don't need me to tell you that because if you're driving looking at the low board every day you guys see it it was just not that many weeks ago even freightways was reporting that the market was going back up but i don't know about you the last you know <laughs> week maybe even two weeks it's kind of getting back down there and so this is why i'm saying if you guys are not using your tools or resources before calling these brokers you guys need to change it up and now 
you guys know I talk about all sorts of tools, some tools that are free, some tools that you have to be paid for, some tools that are easy, such as calling a friend, you know, like on um, who wants to be a millionaire, like call a friend, like use a lifeline, the Facebook groups can be a lifeline, not all the time. However, you know, weeding out through all the noise, um, you can use it as a, uh, as a resource as well. Nonetheless, you know, this is actually why I roll my eyes when some drivers say, you know, buddy, I need to be at $2 a mile or I'm not moving my truck. And, you know, I roll my eyes because it's some when they say that in some of these markets, you know, the market rate could be, let's say, 230 a mile. Of course, I'm pulling these right out of the hat, these rates. But if a driver says I'm not moving for, you know, unless I get $2 a mile, I roll my eyes because at times that same market can be around 230, 240 or more. And the driver is selling himself short. And the reason why he's selling himself short is because he's not using the same exact tools these brokers are using. And now the beauty of it, using my same uh, example from 20 years ago, the beauty of it is 20 years ago, I imagine these tools were not available. And now even if these tools were available 20 years ago, they most likely would not be available to the little guy, okay? All these tools were created for the bigger operation, the bigger guy, the people with the bigger pockets, you know, to make bigger moves, the ones who can afford them to make bigger moves um, and enhance their operation with these tools. Not anymore. The last couple of years, as we all know, I say couple of years, maybe a little bit more, but two years ago, I think is when Uber Freight kind of went on ham. But it's been the last couple of years, been a huge push for these new tools, um, you know, resources, what have you, features to help the modern day carrier, the owner op, the small fleet owner. We're not talking about the megas, there was a thousand trucks, you know, flown down the driveway with the ending revolving door of uh, drivers <laughs> or uh, I was going to say steering wheel holders. But I hate when people use that, even if the driver is fresh, um, because, you know, I drive a Jeep and I hold a steering wheel. <laughs> and so, you know, I don't know in the same way. But nonetheless, you know, even though I do roll my eyes, I definitely understand that any driver, including you, can give whatever rate you want to these brokers or shipper if you're lucky enough to have those uh, drug counts. But if you don't learn the market rates, I have a feeling you would spend more time begging for freight and in less time hauling the freight or, you know, wasting all this time begging, getting frustrated, emotional, choosing not to get any low because the rest is too cheap. You can end all that if you just simply learn the markets before you call these people. And now it takes time. Okay. Now I could preach to everybody here. Just read the market before you call it. But now I understand it. it definitely takes time. It takes a lot of work. And now that work being is from you. You have to read. You have to use the resources you have to use these tools. I always start with Facebook. If you're not going to buy the tools, start with Facebook, call your friends. And now that's just where you have to do it. And now I'm probably over talking the subject. I definitely understand. But let me tell you the reason why I'm telling you when I worked at a carrier, you know, I worked at a carrier actually two different times, more so as a consultant but two times being um, W-2 employed um, as employee at a carrier. And now each time I worked at a carrier, I came with brokerage experience under my belt from working at a brokerage or starting in a brokerage. Now, the reason why I loved working on the carrier side, you know, being an experienced broker, is because my job was to find loads for our trucks from brokers. And so it was easy talking to these people because when they told me about a market, I can rebuttal with the facts. You know, I'm the king of facts when it comes to negotiation. So I can rebuttal with facts. If I didn't understand the market, if I didn't understand the market conditions, you know, which determines the swing of the rates, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And so anytime a broker, you know, whether it be a large brokerage or an intern at somewhere else, 
anytime they would say, Craig, the market is this, I would say, yeah, okay. You know, according to the last 24 hours, 48 hours, the market's actually looking like this. Once they understand that I, the carrier at that point, um, is educated, is not a complete moron, they definitely understand that as well, and they drop the cheap freight crap, okay? It doesn't work all the time. However, knowing your business before going into the negotiation obviously has its perks, okay? And now you can do this too, even without brokerage experience. I know all of you drivers have broker friends. Whether you want to admit it or not, we all have broker friends or all, all of us broker have friends on the carrier side. That's just what it is. I'll be shocked if a lot of you carriers don't know your brokers on first name basis or at least text them, you know, a few times. At least that was my, you know, working relationship with my vendors. But nonetheless, yeah, but nonetheless, you have to call your brokerage friends. If you don't have any, start posting the group. I could start matching up with people who could help you. I promise you with that. Because if you're a driver, a carrier, even a dispatcher, if you have these brokerage friends or these friends who are brokers, you can kind of get the inside scoop with rates, kind of with what they're working on now, what they could be working on, you know, in a couple of weeks, or what their buddy sitting next to them could be working on. You only get that if you build a relationship. I believe I mentioned that in at least last video or a couple of videos ago. Nonetheless, you have to use those features. And it's not just features that you could buy because I am big on you can't buy relationships. Granted, a broker can give a driver, you know, a little bit more money for that transactional relationship. However, it's not long-term, you know, same thing for the other side. And so that's just what you have to do. And now carriers or brokers, as I mentioned, can use the same exact tools these brokers use. And that's why I like it. You know, if you're not familiar, truckstop.com actually has a whole suite uh, tools for both brokers, shippers, and truck drivers. I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe on their website, on one of the features, whoops, don't things. <laughs> one of the features on their website in bold letters on tops, it says for truck drivers, shippers, brokers, because that's what the tools are for. I mean, if they can help one side, they should be able to help the other side. I mean, even in, uh, let's say if it wasn't meant for the other side, the other side could use them, take advantage, kind of do a little reverse engineering, if you will, um, to figure out what it does. And now I know truck stop, you know, a ton of tools of rate analysts, a rate mate, the decision tools, all those tools help you drivers, brokers, even shippers make better informed decisions by knowing what the market is saying, what it's doing. We're not experts. <laughs> we don't all know it. We're not freight waves. And so, and we're not reporters for freight waves. So we don't know how it is going at all times. So if you just use the simple tools, you know, you can find out what it is and now i'm not going to go into the nitty excuse me i'm not going to go into the nitty gritty of which each tool does but they all like i said do about the same make better help you make better informed decisions to ultimately make more money my ultimate favorite line but enough with that i didn't want to mention tools because that's where we're at tools but now before i talk about my next subject which is uber freight yeah I usually make it a point not to speak about Uber Freight, but I want to speak about Uber Freight today a little bit. But before I talk about that, you know, this California AB5, you know, I, I'm the first to admit, I don't know everything about it. I know a lot of y'all have messaged me asking me questions about it. I do have a uh, great friend in the, um, in the industry who owns a trucking company who before all those nonsense happened, actually, excuse me, relocated his trucking operations to another state to avoid this nonsense but here we are and now i just want to say landstar and i believe schneider i think there's some other ones but these mega companies are already sending out letters to their bcos whoever they are 
um, or leased on operators, however they uh, describe them, saying basically if you live in California, you need to quit, move out, or get your own authority. And now it's interesting. I believe that's been days ago since I read that. That at least Landstar and Schneider sent out those letters. But to me, what's interesting is those are not the only big companies. Okay, so I'm wondering if this is actually affecting the smaller owner operator or you know, excuse me, BCO business capacity owner or the least on drivers because I'm kind of shocked. I'm not seeing drivers having having issues with this. Um, you know, the Facebook groups. So I just want to throw that out there. If you guys are experiencing issues with, with this, let me know because I'm kind of curious. When I was a broker, I felt like every call I received was from a carrier out of California. And now with this whole California mess with the AB5, um, I don't hear much chatter about it. I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. I'm not a California carrier, so I don't know much about it since it doesn't affect me, but I'm not convinced it's not affecting anybody, especially members of our group, freight brokers and truck drivers. Cause like I said, when I brokered, every time I asked a driver for their MC number, not always, but I swear to God, it would be, I'll pop up, boom, California carrier with zero miles driven in the last year. <laughs> I only say that as jokes, but uh, I'm almost sure there. So if, if you guys are affected by it or know someone who's making some moves, you know, trying to, uh, you know, revamp their operation to kind of go ahead with this AB5, let me know because I imagine this thing is going to be passed. I know they're trying to do something in January where they're going to halt the, halt the thing or at least delay it for a little bit. But it's my understanding. Um, <laughs> This guy's good to go. It doesn't make sense to me what I do know about it. It definitely does not make sense to me. I believe it was for our friends Uber, or the law was made for our friends little Uber there who I'm about to talk about. Uh, but of course, like all things, when people start passing bills and government get, you know, make themselves known within the uh, trucking industry, everything gets, you know, disrupted and no one really knows what is going on. Neither the people who made the laws. But I'm not about politics. That's why I don't talk about it, especially in the freight groups. I just only talk about when it affects us and in a way it is affecting us. Nonetheless, I want to talk about Uber Freight. And now I guess a lot of this has to do with Uber as a main company. But when I say Uber, I am just literally talking about Uber Freight unless I say otherwise. And that line's important because recently Uber kind of divided, um, you know, all their little divisions, Uber Eats, Uber Freight, Uber Rideshare. I'm sure Uber has something else out there. Um, but they divided up and the freight part what stood out to me the most. And now three things actually stood out to me when I recently read the Uber reports uh, online. I believe Freightways actually reported on this a couple of days ago. They reported more about them as a whole and a little bit about their um, about their freight division. But I just want to speak about their freight division. Now, I believe it's been about two years since Uber Freight kind of uh, made their way into the logistics and trucking industry. And now what I found fascinating I want to make sure I get my numbers right. Let me pull it up. And now what I find fascinating is Uber in two years, 50,000 carriers have used Uber in two years. Okay. Within these two years, Uber loads have also increased by hundred percent year over year, meaning more shippers are giving Uber more freight. I mean, that's obvious, but the final one that stuck out, stuck at, uh, stood out to me the most is the fact that Uber lost a ton of money. I believe, 81 million dollars i believe i could be wrong but it's about 81 million dollars they lost last year and now you may be asking so what's the point well i'm glad you asked or i'm glad you said because last year if you guys all remember i remember one of my first videos i started posting you know outside of my training uh segments was i felt the majority of the drivers were against uber 
you know, right now, I believe everybody's against Uber <clears throat> or Uber Freight and that. But last year, the majority of drivers I spoke to about Uber, they were all against it or just simply flat out refused to use it for a host of different reasons. And now some people had issues with being automated. Some people had issues with Uber being so new they couldn't trust it. Whatever the issues were, what I see in actuality from the numbers, we all know numbers don't lie. It appears more drivers are using Uber than ever before and then what I can imagine. Of course, 50,000, eh, they could have had more. However, I'm quite surprised by that number because that is a lot of drivers that they were able to sway or swing, you know, to use Uber. And now I think a part of Uber's success, actually a large part of Uber's success is the fact of that drivers are more open to it. They became more open. They started using it started seeing the benefits of it and how it enhanced their operations and guess what they started talking to their friends those friends told another friends and before too long 50,000 people are using it within two years but the thing that still got to me most <clears throat> there's always a point to every story the thing that uh, stood out to me the most is this two years ago the attitude was no drivers will use it or the vast majority of drivers will not use it okay that's why uber started doing a bunch of stuff that drivers wanted i.e uh, Uber gives like 99% of the freight revenue to the driver, okay? They have automatic, you know, detention pay, accessorial pays. Um, the rates aren't that bad. You know, rates are definitely questionable across the board, um, depending on who you're asking. But in my opinion, and from the opinion of others who use it, and possibly the last 50,000 people who have used it, they're not that bad, okay? And so I am quite shocked that they had that many people use it, and that many drivers actually we're open enough to try this new age technology. And that's the whole point. And so I'm hoping in the last two years that 50,000 new drivers have used technology and enhanced their operations a little bit more. And the next two years, I'm hoping more drivers will use these tools either from truckstop.com, possibly Uber, or other you know technology to help improve and enhance your operation. Because like I said, two years ago, even a year ago, people said, I'm not using it for whatever reason. According to the numbers, a lot of people are using it. And now I want to go step back and talk about their losses. The uh, $81 million in losses, something like that, that Uber lost. $81 million, okay? Uber doesn't care. Okay, Uber investors, I'm sure, care. And that's probably why they divided up their uh, divisions for the earnings report. That's a whole other subject. But Uber does not care about losing the $81 million right now. Because their sole purpose is to take large market share away from anybody else who's trying to disrupt the industry. And now, Uber giving ninety nine percent of the revenue to drivers—that's a lot of money. You know, obviously they can't you know use the profits <laughs> to keep the lights on because there is there isn't none. So they're using other divisions to pay for it. The point is with all this, and I went a little bit further than I should. The point in all this is to, this shows this proves that technology is a way to go here. If you're not using the technology that the bigger guys are using, that the bigger guys are offering to the little guys as well, you will fail. That's just how it is. And the report from Uber, Uber showing the last two years, 50,000 carriers have used it. Not only that, they lost a bunch of money. It proves that this technology works. And now you could say, well, they lost $81 million. That should show that eh, people don't care about it. They lost $81 million solely because they're on growth mode strategy right now. I read reports just like Lyft. I know they're not in freight, but same thing like Lyft. They're on growth mode to 2021 or 2022 uh, with the sole purpose to just capture the market and make money later. It's kind of scary when you think about it for someone who's very interested in technology companies, 
uh, companies who make technology to enhance drivers' lives. I'm excited about it, but I'm kind of nervous about it. So we'll just see how it goes. But the whole point of this is, if you're not using technology, you need to follow the other 50,000 carriers who are, and those aren't just the small guys. Those are these bigger guys who are also using the same technology that is offered to you, the smaller carrier, owner up, small fleet owner, what have you. And now, that's just it. That's that new uh, that new technology approach. And now, speaking of new technology or that new age technology, I'm often referring to this uh, day and age, the last five years, as a new age technology kick because I think it is. You know, the truck stop accord's been around since '95. DAT's been around for a minute. There's a bunch of other low boards that've been around, you know, for at least 10 years or so. But the new age is the last few years, and that's why you see some of the better load boards like Truck Stop changing their ways, becoming more open, providing more features to help these drivers out. And now another thing I want to mention from another report from Robinhood that I'm going to use, um, that I'm also going to use um, in comparative freight is this: since October of last year, okay. Talk about a year and a month, okay? 175 CEOs have quit or been let go from major companies. And again, this has nothing to do with the freight. But listen up, we are talking about the CEOs from like major companies. McDonald's, Gap was in there. Um, there's a few other ones, maybe Peloton. I don't know. But these people are leaving companies, are actually being forced out by the by the board or however they do it. Simply because of lack of growth the last couple of years. Think about that. Okay, these are CEOs at companies who have been there forever. We're talking about over five, ten, fifteen years. Even more in some cases being forced to retire simply because they were unable to adapt to the changes we were going in in the future. And now, the last time that I can remember that a lot of CEOs or a lot of businesses changed up their structure, you know, in in house, you know. With their investors, back in 2008, when the housing crisis happened, okay. So that kind of tells you, right now we're experiencing a weird shift that we have slightly felt before back in 2008. We have talked about this when we compared it to the rates of 2018, 2009. I'm not comparing it to that. What I'm comparing comparing it is this. Right now we have CEOs from major companies like McDonald's, like Gap, like Peloton, other ones. Who are leaving because they refuse to change. Therefore, they're being fired because they're so stubborn to change and make profits. The investors, the board of directors, all those people who have power—they're saying bye and kicking them right out. WeWork. I used to have an office at WeWork. The CEO, who's also the founder of of、uh, WeWork, was forced out of his own company because he refused to change. He was too stubborn. To change because he felt like this is my company. I've been doing it this way for five years already. I want to continue to do it. Well, guess what? The people who helps him out, the people who get him afloat, they said out the door, guy, and he is now fired. That's just one of the hundred and seventy-five、uh, CEOs. And now again, out of all those CEOs, none that I recognize were in logistics. At least none from the companies, possibly in holding companies, but none from major companies. You know. And that got me thinking. All businesses are actually the same. If you're a retail store, all retail stores are the same. You're just selling a different product. So in this case, all companies are the same. And I suspect mega companies talk about those brokerages. Definitely talk about carriers as well. Will start changing their structures as well. I'm meaning CEOs being kicked off, director of ops being replaced, 
the whole nine yards. I believe a lot of these, you know, mega companies are going to be out with the old, in with the new, because if they don't, they're going to end up like the other 175 CEOs in other industries and be right out the door. And now a few companies, three companies stand out when I think about this. C.H. Robinson, Knight Swift, U.S. Express, um, a few other ones, very large companies all have different divisions within them, if you will, but they're all recently reporting losses across all of their units across the board. And now even Knight Swift, they even went as far as, you know, reducing expectations for the next, uh, for the next earnings report because it's showing how bad kind of the economy is with that. And so my point is this, okay, if you guys haven't got already, if you refuse a change, if you're too stubborn to change, if you're too stubborn, you know, to um, embrace this new age technology or this new age thinking approach, you're going to be out the door as well and be replaced with somebody who will change, okay? With the three companies I just mentioned who's reporting losses, CH, Robinson, Night Swift, US, US Express, we may not like the guys, however, we like them in some sense. CH Robinson, well-respected. Nice foot to my back door. US Express, I believe that's uh, tied in with Freightways somehow with Craig Fuller. And they're all reporting losses. This shows no one's safe. So if those companies aren't safe, how can you be safe? So I want to mention this and keep beating a dead horse. So when people say, I need more answers than technology. I need more answers from you, Craig, than just saying, you know, resources will help you. I just want to pick up freight and deliver. I just want to work with honest brokers. Well, guess what? We all do. We all just want to work with honest, honest vendors in the industry, but that takes a little bit of work from our side. It's a little bit different than it was a couple years ago. And so if you're a driver or somebody looking to become an owner op, start your own carrier authority, or you're an agent looking to become a broker or just a, you know, a person without experience, I watched my words, a person without experience who's looking to enter the industry as a truck driver or freight broker without experience, this tells you that you need to start thinking differently. You need to start using your resources, talking to your friends, you know, being employed at a company before you go all out. Because the whole point of these videos is showing it is hard to conduct business doing the same old thing we all been doing for the last 5, 10, 15 years. And in some cases, like my driver friend, 20 goddamn years. Okay. And now that's what I have to say. Because if um, I think a, a large part of education using resources is changing your mindset, if you will. And so if you change your mindset, you know, change your mindset within yourself first, you can literally change it for your entire company. Even if you're a one man band or if it's you and your wife, you and your brother, you and whoever, a friend is doing your business, change your mindset first. So you can change others. That's how you become profitable. It's that easy. So I just want to mention like that. And what's like, I can't see, uh, yeah, sitting in PA waiting for my scheduled time for my backhaul. What's a backhaul? <laughs> Tim uh, Tim Jr. just put, he's waiting for a backhaul, and I just had a question. What's a backhaul? I think backhaul is a bad word, isn't it? It's, uh, you know, I used to believe in backhauls, especially when I was a Sprinter driver. You know, I'm going to take that back. When I drove Sprinter, it was only about four years ago or so. Well, actually, about five five years. But when I drove sprinters, I believed in back calls. Even with my drivers, I'd be at a truck stop. They'd be like, oh, don't be looking for a back call. It's burning my freight. Oh, I want to get home and I'm not paying for my own gas out of my own money. That's why I believe in back calls. So I just want to laugh a little bit. When I seen that Mr. Tim Jr. there was waiting for a uh, back call. But that's basically all I got. You know, uh, oh, 
I wanted to ask. I think it was in Lebanon, Indiana. I uh, I don't think Freight Rage report Freight Raves Freight Waves rather. I don't think Freight Waves reported it. That's where I get the majority of my stuff from. But did you guys see that helicopter that landed on XBO? Or uh, actually, let me start over. It was that helicopter that um, I think it was Lebanon, Indiana or something. It landed on top of a trailer at an XBO facility. Did you guys see that? I don't know. I have a picture right here. I want to pop it up here. I thought it was pretty wicked. I'm actually in flight school right now. I'm not flying helicopters by any goddamn means. But it made me uh, start thinking like, man, things just switch up real quick. But here's this helicopter. Check that out. I think it's, uh, it said it's at an XBO terminal somewhere in um, Lebanon. I'm going to assume Lebanon, Indiana. I'm not sure. But there it is. Check out that guy. I'm popping on that one. Look at this guy right here. Boom. Get that out of the way. Boom. Look at that. Yeah, you guys see it. Anyways. Yeah, there's that helicopter. But I found out the Facebook group for uh, Lebanon. Uh, no, I thought it was wicked. I thought it was kind of crazy. I'm kind of surprised XBO didn't put that. I think it's funny. Helicopter landing. Uh, we all recognize some trailers parked there. <laughs> I'm not talking about it. But I wonder what that driver is thinking as he's sitting in his uh, his truck. And then a helicopter starts landing into it. I mean, um, at that point, I would just pray to God to just kill me right then. Just anticipating what could happen with those blades. I don't know. But basically, that's all I got. You know, if you guys seen the ticker below, it's kind of going across right here. Can't do it. I put, if you guys are a veteran, let me know. I posted in the group today, freight brokers and truck drivers, asking if that you're a veteran. To let me know, because I want to give you a shout out. Not a lot of veterans did. I'm not surprised, to be honest, because I know a lot of men, especially. Uh, but a lot of people in general just don't ring their own bell, if you will. And now in this case, when I'm asking if you're a veteran, it's not ringing your bell. It's not talking about yourself or highlighting yourself in a negative way is mainly just wanting to highlight the businesses that are veteran owned. Whether the government labels you as veteran owned or not, it still does not change the fact that your business may be veteran owned. I know uh, Jim Ham, he uh, at least has a veteran owned business as well. Um, Liberty, Light, Liberty Line Logistics out in the Chicago land region. Uh, Will Hankins with um, Keep Trunkin, Keep Trucking. Is a veteran as well. I seen his picture he posted on his Facebook. Not exactly sure where he's at, to be honest. But I know him and his uh, wife, they do pilot cars, um, flatbed, all that jazz. I know there's a ton of other drivers out there. Some that posted in the comments below. Nonetheless, happy Veterans Day, everybody. I'm glad you're able to be here with me. Um, like always, continue to use me as a resource. I know a lot of you guys do that. Um, more so, you guys do it when right after the videos. And I know... Um, a lot of you get kind of um, antsy that I'm not responding right away. After the videos, I go home. That's why I don't respond right away. However, as I always say, I always respond. So if you need help, reach out to me or of course my email, craig at breakbrand.com. You can always text me, 480-500-9192. It's that easy as well. Until next time, remember, thank you veterans. Say no to cheap freight, remain professional. And let's make more money. I will see you guys next Monday. See you later.